Hello there. This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Dude, man, what's going on? You got spicy running still? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I thought I killed it, but like it, more processes keep popping up. I, it's like it's spawning them and then they disappear from the... I, I don't know. I can't see them in top or anything. I don't know what's going on. That's, wow, it's weird. I, you, you should never like just take someone's Git repository and then base your project on that. It's a little scary, I think. Yeah, I don't know, man. What do you got? Some Skynet code in there? What the hell's going on? <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll have to just like... Uh, Restore from backup, like reformat my hard drive or something, and we'll go from there next time. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. What else is going on, man? Nice weather here in central New York. It's been above freezing during the days. We're getting a little meltage. It's probably warmer than it should be, but I'll take it. Yeah, it's uh, the weather in Saginaw is it just changes constantly and it's freezing and melting and freezing and melting. And and so your body never like settles down and just adjusts. You know, this morning we had big fat snowflakes and all that. But uh, yeah, it was zero. It was like uh, a few days ago. And then the, the, the next day it was. It was, you know, 30 and and all the snow was melting in the sun. It's just kind of obnoxiously changeable, but uh, not too bad. Welcome to 2013. Yeah. Hey, you know, I just looked on my Skype screen and my dad is logged in. (laughs) I don't think he knows how to use Skype, but I think when my grand, grand, when his granddaughter gave him the computer and set him up with a Skype account, she just had him, it logs in on boot. So I have done that for, uh, we have a friend of the family who, uh, Got a like uh, an old beat up, you know, XP laptop from some reseller that was selling, you know, formerly like a, an X business laptop. And I uh, put uh, Ubuntu 12 on it and um, set him up with uh, with Skype and it has a, a webcam. And he's he's uh, was over here not too long ago because apparently like Google Chrome installed some kind of an automatic update to a plugin without his consent which broke a bunch of stuff and so you had to like forcibly back that out and it wasn't exactly obvious was... I think the plugins always update themselves I don't think you have a choice to yeah. not do that with with Chrome and with Firefox but but it, it I just dealt with that today trying to do a little streaming audio thing from my computer like the Google plus plugin wouldn't work and stuff worked I have trouble with the Google plus plugin yeah, in Ubuntu as well. I don't want to just make this all about bitching about plugins, but yeah, all this, anything that just automatically updates itself and is constantly uh, being tweaked and whatnot, it's always, you know, it's always regressions and I'm I'm a little sick of it. I'd like to be able to turn off just, I'd like to turn off basically every update and just stick for a while. But, uh, you know, that gets a little scary too, because then you find out about these. It's your damn fault. You're the fucking programmer. (laughs) You Stop find out about shit. these you and your brethren exploits, like these Java exploits. Which and um, which Ubuntu did you put in? Twelve oh four or twelve ten? Uh, twelve ten. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so. I use the long term distributions, the LTSs. I have twelve oh four. Yeah, on, uh, my laptop. I use that stuff for work. So we only update, you know, for for building code. We only update that when we really need to. Um, 
So we try and you know st- we apply you know security patches and whatnot, but that well, stuff all it's, runs it's, behind a firewall and whatnot. So it's not so it's not like a a public facing server or something like that. Anyway, I did uh, I, I did something to try and free up a little a, a little time too, uh, which I, I mentioned if you uh, saw on Facebook, I, I gave up Facebook for Lent. Yeah, but how's that working? Because I, I mean, for example, in my diet, I, I would often give up carbs somewhere, but then replace them with something else. So I know you've been spending a lot of time on Google Plus and even on the Twitter, as you called it, oh, I think, yeah. the Twitter. I mean, Facebook is different, though, because you can really, it's it's more interactive than like Google Plus and Twitter. Yeah. Well, there's so much. Facebook has become such a time sink uh, sometimes. And like, I, you realize, I start to feel kind of guilty when like the workday's done, I'm downstairs, you know, uh, like dinner is cooking or something, and the kids are, are wanting to interact with me, and I'm sitting there on the computer Interacting, interacting with, with people on Facebook <laughs> or you. And, and I'm like, they're like, Dad, play with me. Would you draw a picture with me? And I'm like, no, not now. This is important. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, I'm, I'm <laughs> arguing to... with a crazy woman about Barack Obama. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. I almost feel also, I mean, uh, the conversational level sometimes on Facebook is an awful lot like high school because it's just so populated with people. Whereas Google Plus is still a little bit um, like very self-selecting, you know, only like the the sort of the bulk of the internet population haven't established themselves on Google. Dude, Plus. you are so gay. It is not high school on Facebook, man. <laughs> I'm an elitist. No, so but anyway, Google Plus feels more like uh, more like college or even grad school when you talk to people. I have yet to have a really like virulent um, political debate on Google Plus. And part, oh, I've seen them. I've seen them because I've actually been on Google Plus since it was in beta and not everybody could get in. Oh, right, they, they, right. For some reason, they send me these invites to all of their beta services before they're released to mm. the world. So I've been on there for quite a while yeah. and uh, a few of my friends have had some good debates and I have seen people uncircle friends. That's the oh, phrase. Yeah, uncircle yeah. friends because of political debates. And, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, it, but, but I, yeah, I like it. So, but anyway, I feel like Google Plus does not, uh, at least not yet, with the population of friends I've got and whatnot in my circles, it does not yet have the ability to suck away hours and hours of my time. I'll get on it and and check and whatnot, but um, yeah, I I need to do less. Uh, I need to like structure it so that I'm on, I like visit you know twice a day or something, check in, see what's going on, and then check out. Yeah, well, I think it's a good idea, your experiment anyway, if it's successful or not. I think it's a good idea because, yeah, you just get sucked in and it's like you're subsumed by the book of face and, you know, ah, yeah. And it's it's all easy. The free time that I'm spending on there is stuff that I'm not spending on, like recording a new song or or writing, you know, articles or, or essays or stuff like that, which I'd really prefer to do, so. Or coming up with content for the podcast. Or coming up with, with, with content. Did I say that out loud? Podcast. What? No. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. I, I uh well we'll see how this experiment got. I don't know how the hell long Lent is. I don't care. I'm on I gave up Lent for Lent when I was sixteen, so I gave up all it's four, religions it's for forty Lent days. when I was sixteen. So. Forty, it's days, 40 days and forty nights. I definitely start to feel uh, withdrawal symptoms a little bit. Although you're yeah. allowed during Lent, you're allowed to 
take like Sundays off, so I might check. It I out I think that's bullshit. My mom says that, and I think it's for the people with no willpower. You are absolutely <laughs> not allowed to take Sundays off. I don't know who invented that, but it's a load of crap. Mm, well, I feel very strongly about that because my mom, you know, has had some weight issues, and now she's diabetic, right? Oh, so she yeah. can't have, she shouldn't have the sweets at all. But the thing she always gave up for Lent was the sweets. Well, yeah. all she would do was eat forty donuts on Sunday on and make Sunday. up for what she didn't have during the week. I mean, not literally, but you know what I'm saying. Hey, I had I had donuts this morning, and we don't. Well, we, that's fine. About every two weeks now, we go out and get pastries for, and it's it's. Uh, we got um, stuff from Tim Hortons, and because it's uh, Valentine's Day, which we'll maybe mention later, uh, everything was pink and kind of funny yeah. looking. Well, I, I would argue that if there's one day you shouldn't be cheating, it would be the Sunday. Why would it be Sunday when in, in the Roman Catholic tradition, which is the Sabbath, why would that That's be the true. day you get to cheat? It makes no sense to me. And I think, I think it's the worst thing that some liberal priest ever came up with when he decided <laughs> that that was okay, and then some other priests latched onto it, because what's the point of Lent if you can just make up for the other six days by doing excessively on the seventh day what you said you weren't going to do? I I, yeah, I call yeah. bullshit. I call bullshit. <laughs> I am not. See, I grew up as a, a, I was raised as a Presbyterian and I've, you know, flirted with with Buddhism and other, uh, and basically, you know, atheism and whatnot. And I'm not actually Catholic. I have not converted. Well, I um, was baptized. Yeah. I'm official, but I don't care. That could be a song. <laughs> But so, so I haven't. I'm not a, a member of the of the Catholic Church. I don't uh, take communion at the church when I go with my family. But um, so, and and as a Presbyterian, like they're not so into the Lent thing. Some Protestant denominations do it, I guess, a little more vigorously than others. But it's really like not a thing. Neither was eating fish on Friday and stuff like. That. Although some some Protestants do it, but it wasn't really a thing in my family or my church. But uh, so the but the Lent thing has become more meaningful to me as I've gotten older. Just as like, uh, not because of the um, the uh, literal re- religious aspects of it, but just sort of the the spiritual reflection aspects. It's more like the way it fits into the cycle of the year and the days getting longer, you know, and sort of the the darkness of the winter time, time of reflection and trying to perfect yourself a little bit more, your habits, give up some bad habits a little bit. But it uh, doesn't have for me so much of a religious overtone, although I appreciate the sort of spirituality of attempting to change yourself a little bit. What you're saying is you have a sundial that tells you when you can have donuts on Sunday. Yeah, a big a big hairy guy in the sky uh, adjusts big, the sundial every year. A big flying spaghetti monster. Exactly. Anyway, so you want to uh, jump into tune number one? Let's play tune number one. Sounds good. All right, let's check this one out. We'll tell you about it afterwards. Tangled up in 
Yeah, that was a cool tune by an artist named Daniel Worth. He's actually a friend of mine named Gunslinger. Very worthwhile artist, I'd say. He wanted to do his take on that whole, like Bon Jovi in the 80s did that uh, wanted dead or alive sort of I'm a cowboy, you know. On a steel, kind of, there was a, on a steel, on a steel horse, horse, I, horse ride. I ride. Yeah, which I guess was a motorcycle. You know, all these, yeah. these rockers with their Harleys, they see themselves as cowboys. So Dan, who actually lives in Colorado and rides horses and, you know, all of the things that cowboys actually do. Right, right. You know, uh, he wrote that and he asked me to mix it and I mixed it and uh, that's not officially mastered yet. But when he has a complete like record worth of material, we'll master it for a CD. We'll master all the tunes for a CD. Cool. Well, I like but, it. It's yeah. I like the slide guitar a lot. And then uh, there's an artist he reminds me of, though. Can you guess who I'm thinking of just in his vocal well, style? Tell me. Uh, Neil Young. Oh, OK. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, like uh, mid sort of mid-career Neil Young, where he's got kind of the, the almost you'd call it plaintive singing, you know, kind of Hank Williams Sr. sort of, uh, I don't know, what, folksy style, homey style? Yeah, like that. yeah. Neil Young, sort of in the inventor of grunge before <laughs> the Seattle scene, you know? Yeah. Bum, 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 <laughs> What is he doing? What is he beating on his guitar with a wrench in that song? I don't even know. But but good stuff from Dan. And uh, yeah, as cool he song. writes songs and gives me permission to play them, we can feature him a little more in the future. Cool. Sounds good. So the big... Uh, the big SOTU was the other night, a State of the Union, and I'm going to be honest and say I the only parts of the State of the Union that I saw was basically in highlights on various news programs because I knew Mr. Obama would do nothing but disappoint me, and I'm convinced it's all nothing but theater for the masses anyway, these things. So I know that you- Opiates. Um, Opiates yeah. of the masses. <laughs> yeah. I know you uh, made an attempt to sit down and watch a little bit of it today. Yeah, I did listen to it. Uh, I just opened up a tab and, and played it from a, a source on YouTube. But uh, I mentioned that, you know, I find it hard to concentrate on this. It's sort of like um, my ears just glaze over, you know, and wind up, uh, I, I, I stop hearing what I'm listening to because it winds up being so many just um, catchphrases and so much exactly. happy, happy talk, you know. Yeah. So it's, I, it's really because I think like you, I've become pretty cynical about what this administration might possibly be able to actually get done as opposed to the things he's going to mention to try and, you know, rev up his, his base of supporters. Well, I, on late night TV, on the, the news cycle, I heard a variety of like neoliberal types saying he was courageous and he's, he called out the gun thing again and, you know, a variety of economic things and some, some immigration stuff, you know, he's being a little tougher yeah, I was happy to hear actually the part about the gun comments that was interesting uh, was the audience reaction. There was when he talked about the the people of Newtown, you know, the dead of Newtown, whatnot, having a a voice in this debate and whatnot. Uh, you know, there was a lot of cheering. The problem with that, I mean, that was moving. I, I, you know, I felt you know some love there for the for the cause of of you know of of all these people being killed by gun violence. The problem is translating that into something meaningful in a room where everyone is absolutely bought and paid for and gridlocked on these issues. Well, including him, and you know, my yeah. here's what yeah. I wrote down for this segment. 
State of the Union, who cares? He's a lame duck president and he's, he's in his second term and he's got a Congress who's never going to pass anything that he wants, uh, just like in the first term. Yeah. So well, how is it courageous to come out and say, I'm going to raise the minimum wage to $25 an hour and I'm going to get rid of these damn guns? It's not going to happen and he knows it. So how is that courageous? Why, yeah. You know? uh, here's, what I, here's what I wrote down, just uh, skimming through some things while I was uh, just listening with one ear. Uh, first thing was, wow, Harry Reid is old. <laughs> I haven't seen him on video for a while, but he's looking really like it's time for him to retire. The he other, needs a long beard. <laughs> the other bit, uh, the sequester notes, uh, how uh, talked about how the sequester was a bad idea and this brinksmanship and whatnot. I, I, I appreciated him talking about how, you know, Again, what you and I have talked about before, it shouldn't be controversial that this is not really the best time for, you know, massive spending cuts in the area of things that that uh, produce jobs, you know. Right, right. Um, it's uh, and honestly, if you look at the real numbers, you know, the uh, the debt and the deficit are not our biggest worries at the at the real the moment of now. I mean, things have improved quite a bit, you know. It's so it, it just feels like priorities are in the wrong place and we still have the sequester coming up and we still have the potential for uh, a lot of cuts and a lot of government shutdown issues and whatnot and it's just it's it's so not encouraging because this was all supposed to be felt like emotionally this was all supposed to be resolved by this you know fiscal curb debate we had right right well the other big uh scandal i guess i'll call it was that ted nugent was in attendance right oh Fucking did you did you hear about that? I mean, were you aware <laughs> yes. of that? I, I didn't. I didn't hear what he said about it. I didn't hear his response. But it's just the fact that that a, a, a major political party like actually would give this guy a stage, give this guy a platform and a voice, and take him seriously and present him as like a, a celebrity. Or, or someone, not even necessarily a celebrity, but a, a figure of some importance, you know, oh. in in a, in the political debate, you know. Yeah, it's just that's just uh, it's not even laughable; it's cryable, you know. Well, and Kanye West last year comes out and says Obama isn't taking care of black people well enough, and the whole right wing media spectrum lights up in like, oh, right, Obama right. would be a racist if he did whatever. And they were, and Kanye's an idiot, and that's obvious by his current choice of female partner uh kim mm-hmm. kardashian i guess and really? uh, <laughs> i don't yeah, keep and he's up just with this an stuff. idiot in general but so so kanye says obama doesn't like black people or something and and everybody freaks out and uh some republican senator or congressman invites ted nugent someone who threatened the president's life to be in the same room with him yeah during the the state of the union and it's no big deal i mean if i were the secret service i would have called i would have called bullshit on that and said no right. i'm sorry but people right. who threaten the president's life are not allowed in the same chamber with the president i'm making the call i think the secret service needed to make that call but i think they were probably afraid you know oh what's he got oh, you know obviously ted nugent's not going to do anything he's just a, a a, a, a limp dick coward, you know, right. flapping his gums. So how does this guy, still, this draft dodger, get to be a conservative, a, a conservative icon? Draft dodger, liar, all these things you can tag him with that aren't even untrue, you know. But uh, he gets to be a conservative well, icon. It's just so many of those conservative icons are draft dodgers. The list is a mile long. <laughs> yeah, you know, starting right. with George Bush. I right. Mean, well, well yeah. before that, but yeah, I, I get the point. Well, he mentioned a couple other things that I th- I thought were you know they they sounded faintly promising. He talked about like an initiative to help 
restore cities, industrial cities like Saginaw. The problem with these initiatives coming down from the federal level is they always they'll wind up being construction initiatives that create short-term jobs and that uh, only wind up basically feeding money into the local economy that benefits someone temporarily with a job. But the real profits that accumulate out of a project like this, an infrastructure project or a building project or whatnot, they wind up going back into the coffers of large business and the business Well, but don't you know once those construction projects started that all of the job creators are going to get our economic engine going and the free market tradition of Ayn Rand and all of that bullshit? You know, it's just going to happen because it just follows. I guess the idea is if you invest in infrastructure, then- you know, I was being you, facetious, by the way. Yeah, but you invest the the idea. You invest in infrastructure, and then you know, build it, it and they it, will come. It makes it easier and more profitable for companies to to do business and whatnot. But it's kind of like you know, if there's anything the United States has a lot of, it's infrastructure. Yeah, but that that presumes the businesses have any interest in creating jobs and adding to their bottom line, and businesses don't do that unless they absolutely have to. Now, employees are seen as adding as to an their expense. payroll. Adding to yeah, their, it's yeah, part of it's payroll. adding to their uh, their costs. Not you know, employees have no value to corporations. Right, you know? it's true, so, and, and I mean a lot of. And we're looking at, I think we're looking at stock prices for, for large, you know, for, for the listed corporations, at least hitting near record highs now. Oh, so yeah. how is well, it? Well, as they say, if Obama's a socialist, he's a bad one. He's a bad socialist. He's a bad Muslim. He's all these things. But I don't know. You know, the energy efficiency stuff was neat. I liked the idea that I uh, might have some kind of program that would allow me to refinance. My house, that could be useful. But even if there is a program, I doubt if I could afford the upfront costs for doing that. You know, maybe we, we have a fixed mortgage. It would be nice to get uh, a few interest, uh, to get our interest rate down a little, save us some money long term. But uh, what would be more, what would be nicer is to have more confidence that uh, there's going to be a job market for the kind of work that I do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, this stuff is all pie in the sky, and like I said, I mean, he, since he knows none of it's going to happen, he can go out and and you know tell the world we're going to go to Mars, and then you know start right. uh, colonizing Alpha Centauri or something because you know we have a bold look for the future, but it, nobody's ever going to pass any of this stuff. So uh, for me, it's all uh, it's all theater. It's that seems more likely to me than getting a, a nine dollar minimum wage passed. Going to Alpha Centauri? Yeah. Well, that would be cool. Yeah. Just like Lost in Space, they were on their way to Alpha Centauri, and and and, and hijinks ensued. So imagine the fun we could have. Imagine the fun, and then uh, the the real, you know, if 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 I had to rate these issues that he should have been talking about, and he mentioned climate change and all that, that's nice that he mentioned it. Is this the first State of the Union address that there's been a sort of a serious mention made of of climate change and how uh, how critical it is that we do something about this? Maybe uh, or. It it felt that way, but well, yet. since uh, not Katrina, the New York uh, hurricane uh, Isaac, whatever it was, they mm-hmm. uh, they've been they dared to say the words climate change out loud. The Democrats, without fear of you know, they've been building. Being we've gotten to that point where where you can say it, and uh, and the pundits who uh, who just talk about how this is a total a fraud are now yeah, yeah, on exactly. the fringe. So. So what do you want to jump into tune number two? Yeah, let's uh, maybe have a, something a little more upbeat because the yeah State of the Union, not so hot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, let's check it out.
speak delicately a foggy memory or this may turn out ugly this marble hearted moonsick move has got me acting crazy you play the envelope I am a contraband rolling into another slum to find the perfect place to hide an ugly face to burn me Mechanic hand is under sharp command to disassemble every fallen stone. Wheel muscle out the slaughter, sipping on holy water. We can't remember where we landed here. Speak delicately, a foggy memory, or this may turn out ugly. This marble hearted, moonsick mood has got me. And then we'll go once more around the dance floor
Real sweet track there from The Donafors, a track called Mouthful of Marbles. And it's like every every song on that CD is just better than the last. I mean, why aren't these guys like major label? I mean, this is music. It's great. I do like it. I do like it. I have to say, when I first listened to that, I was a little confused by like the uh, the multiple rhythms. The rhythm is a lot more complex than you'd find in a typical pop song. It's very jazzy. Well, that's that's the point. We like complex polyrhythms. Yeah. I mean, but, I do. I'm speaking for myself, but... It took me... A, I had to listen to it a couple times before I really felt like I got where the, you know, where the bars were and whatnot, but... Well, well I'll have to start sending you more uh, rhythmically complex music to influence you in a bad way. I, I have, you know, I'm, I was a huge King Crimson fan, and I, I do go back to enjoyment of that sort of prog tradition so i and also even stuff like uh i was thinking about talking heads uh the speaking in tongues album which isn't so much odd time signatures or whatnot it's more what you'd call polyrhythms like rhythms playing against other rhythms very uh very influenced by like brazilian beats and stuff like that but i do like that stuff so we'll we'll talk more about uh about rhythms and time signatures i think in the future yep Great stuff. So yesterday was VD, Valentine's Day. Yeah, I was thinking And I know back. you had something to say about Valentine's Day. For me, I called it Thursday, you know. Yeah, I was just thinking back to how miserable that holiday made me back in maybe uh, fifth and sixth grade. Uh, miserable? Did you, really? Did, did you have to uh, bring in Valentine's uh, uh, for we the whole class? We gave them to class? everybody. Yeah, we gave them to the whole class. We, we would stick... We would tape a little, like, we would take that construction, that colored construction paper, and tape it into a sort of envelope and tape it to the side of your desk. And then you would just go and put a, a, a valentine in everybody's little in, envelope. Oh, so everybody had to bring everybody a valentine. And you gave boys and girls yeah, valentines. Yeah, yeah. I do remember yeah. that. But did you did you do it happily? I didn't care. I mean, I, I can't say. I I was surprised to hear you say that you were so depressed about. I mean, to me, it was just something stupid to do. And it was my parents had to spend 50 cents on a box of stupid Valentines for yeah. stupid kids. I don't know. You know, it didn't bum me out, but it didn't make me happy either. It was, hey, any excuse to have a party and have our parents bring cupcakes in That's was true. okay by me. The cupcakes and like the jelly beans and the little candy hearts and whatnot. Those were cool. The awful little candy hearts. But um, I, I hated those. But the cupcakes ruled me. Yeah. And they but, still do, by the way. And I call them cop cakes. But, <laughs> well, but, uh, but I, what I remember also is people, some kids being so snarky. Like, well, I, I guess I have to give you one, too. And they'd write snarky stuff in their Valentines, too. So that some of the kids just made sure, even though they were following the letter of the rule for that, they made sure they let it be known to me very clearly that they were doing this uh, against their will. I don't recall anything like that happening. It might have. I think basically we all just, my mom would go out and buy a box of 25 generic Valentines, the cheapest ones. There weren't dollar stores right, then, right, but, you know, right. Phase Drugs or Woolworth sure. or whatever had a cheap Valentine's box of cards. Yeah, And I would just sign it and put it in. I wouldn't write anything special. And I mean, I don't remember anybody being cruel and saying, I hate you, but I'm going to give you one anyway or anything like I, that. I mean, to me, it was sort of a non-event as, yeah. no, as I remember, it is now since I'm not in a relationship. I remember the the, the cruelty. and You know what? I, I could be, maybe I'm remembering it a little bigger than it actually was, but uh, I, just that was- a, You're like that dude who wrote that Big Bang Theory thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, You're the, very sensitive. You're very sensitive. <laughs> fifth and sixth grade, like, 
interactions with girls and boys in in those classes and whatnot. Those were not a good time for me. Let's just put it that way. I've you know I've and you would say, well, hey, you know, you, you would say same thing you were thinking of saying to the Big Bang Theory guy, which is get the hell over it. Well, but what I'm saying is those things leave marks. You know, well, you yeah, know, I I absolutely know they do, and I I still bear some scars yeah. from being bullied, but I've also realized that I have worth and value and fuck sure. what the police said. I don't yeah. care. And yeah, it's so I, funny because one of those guys happened. who was a bully is a bouncer at a local bar, and I see him if I go in there. You know, uh-huh. his, his name's Dave. That's all I'll say. But he's like so nice to me now. It's ridiculous. I mean, he's like the nicest guy in the world. And if there's a cover charge for a band, he just lets me come in, and he remembers my name. I don't know, whatever. Oh, but interesting. Well, I felt that that's kind of what happened with Facebook when suddenly a lot of the people who were the most cruel and and uh, to me in high school were suddenly friending me and chatting with me as if you know we had been friends all along. And I was that just weirds me out a little bit because clearly the little incidents of cruelty that were big in my head weren't worth re- even probably weren't even worth remembering to them they did do a big bang theory about this by the way a bully a former bully of leonard's comes to see him in fact the, the repeat was on last night so huh. you need see now now you need to go ahead and watch yeah. the rest of the seasons you know i'll i'll probably watch i'll probably watch some more big bang theory before this is all done because i've seen i've been following part of season six online and, and I probably should fill in a little bit damn it and I'll, I'll fast forward to high school so right Valentine's Day in high school was you know there were flowers you would the school arranged for flowers and you would buy them and then some delivery person would bring them to your girlfriend's homeroom and then the girls would send the guys the flowers too so it was actually cool if you were a guy in my high school and your girlfriend sent you the flowers you know mm. And then there was always the the sad girl who would um, uh, she used to. There was this one girl who was actually very pretty, but nobody sent her flowers that year. She she kind of like had her friend who was on the flower committee give her flowers. I I, I know this happened, you know, just to make it look like she got flowers. But I mean, oh, again, God. all that stupid social. Um, it is like uh, the the status and the and the jockeying and negotiation. You know, even if you opt out of it, even if you're like, screw this, I'm going to go sit at the the table of the absolute rejects and nerds over in the corner or whatnot. Not, and we'll just commiserate as to how antisocial we are. Even if you do that, you still feel it to some extent. Oh, well, there's there's no doubt, but, you yeah. know, whatever. It's just a silly day, and I'm sure you got your wife some chocolates or some no, flowers or we, something. We, we, because we do not celebrate it. It's actually, it's like, uh, if you look it's at... It's a Hallmark holiday. It's, it's a Hallmark bullshit. holiday. Yeah, it, we, there, in fact, is no clear established St. Valentine's. There's no historic record that makes a lot of sense there are maybe three different people who were considered to have that historic name and very little well, is known about them and so maybe we, the we catholic don't consider church it. will say we have to eat fish today or something <laughs> we'll have valentine's fish so we don't we don't celebrate at all except that we got we got pink donuts from tim hortons uh, well, the other amazing coincidence uh, for today's show is it's episode number 215, 215, and it's being released on 215, February 15th. So what something weird going on there. I know. And we actually had episode number 25 turned out to be our, our early Christmas episode as well back in 2005. I don't know if it actually would have fallen on that day, but <laughs> it's that it's, you know, we weren't because the holiday was intervening. We we recorded the holiday episode whenever we could record it. And it turned out that it was going to be episode 25. We didn't do it on purpose or anything. So hmm. maybe there's a weird deity looking after us. But uh, anyway, 
I guess that's a show, man. Let's wrap it up. I guess that's a show. Pretty uh, pretty much short and sweet this week. So Yeah, let's... not too bad. So check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Send us feedback. Feedback at bloodyveg.com. Leave us some voicemail. We haven't gotten any voicemail on the voicemail line in a while. 206-376-0397. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.